Constant Elevation Podcast. You already know what time it is. Instead of waiting for the future, we're going to define the future. On this week's episode, I've yet another interview, this time with a fellow podcast host, coaching consultant, and most importantly, a leader seeking to improve the Air Force. I'm excited to have John Big Dog Roan on the show to talk about his platform, Leadership as a Domain, and his recent feature as a guest speaker at the 2020 Air University Leadership Education Development Experience. This is a great show, and I hope you enjoy it just as much as I did recording with him. Let's go. This is Constant Elevation, the show for rising Air Force and community leaders who seek to define the future. Learn powerful work and life tactics to tackle any challenge. I'm your host, Gabriel Gabrock Avila. Let's go. Welcome back, everybody. Gabe Brock back on the mic once again, Constant Elevation Podcast. You can tell by the energy in my voice that I'm super excited. I get really excited when I have uh, guests, especially guests that I vibe with uh, on, on another level. And I have one this week in the room virtually. We got uh, John Big Dog Roan, Colonel U.S. Air Force, retired. He has more than 20 years of service leading diverse organizations. And we have a, I actually have a great story of meeting him. Never met him in person, but we've actually, through the beauty of the internet and social media and a lot of good things that uh, I found somebody else that has interest in leading this next generation and really prying open some of the, some of the, uh, you want to call it challenges or different kind of perspectives of what's going on that the Air Force needs to grow better leaders. Uh, Big Dog is one of these leaders that I'm glad is out in front and is leading the charge. And so, uh, sir, welcome to the show. Appreciate you coming on, man. Okay, Rock, thank you very much. And, you know, it is, it's a pleasure to be here and I'm honored that you asked. And you talked about being out front and leading. And, and I tell people, one of the, the reasons that I got into this is I feel like I owe the Air Force so much. Uh, and I have a platform to go and share all of the two plus decades of leadership mess ups and lessons that I have. And so I appreciate you allowing me to use your platform for that as well. Yeah, man. No, this is good. There's a, uh, you know, so I'll tell the, the the origin story about how you and I met. And so we uh, we virtually met through the uh, Minority Air Force Officer page. And so, like, you know, I keep my eye on it just like you do, depending on the topic going on. And I saw a post where you said, hey, so I'm starting this uh, new podcast called Leadership of the Domain. I was like, oh, okay, let's let's see what's going on <laughs> on these streets here. And, uh, um, you know, I just sent you a message I'm like, hey, dude, this would be kind of cool. Maybe we can get some cross promotion because um, it's fairly easy to do it in the podcast community. It's really easy to just kind of get other people with like minded uh, thoughts. And let's just see how we can vibe and see how we can push both of our agendas forward. It's not a it is, and I can say this up to everybody. This is not a competition thing. I'm truly interested in making sure that I can be part of uh, elevating your platform just as you are for mine. And so um, I, I saw everything happen with leadership as a domain, and I'm very, very happy to be uh, uh, share you with my audience, and likewise me with yours. Well, like I'm sorry, like we talked about, we're, we're going to flip this too. So in, in a while, I'm going to I'll be on the other end of the mic asking. Like you said, it's not a competition. The more information and content we can put out for people to learn from and to listen to, the better. The better. Yes. And this is so immediately as, as we started talking about it, we, I, I knew that there wasn't like a barrier where you're like, nah, man, I'm going to advance my stuff. I don't want to help you. It, it's very similar to, you know, obviously with your career as a previous squadron commander, group commander, there's different environments depending on how things go. You can be encountered with, with some 
for lack of a better word, some, some jackasses were like, nah, man, I'm gonna do me. And you already, you know, those kind of people, I know those kind of people. Um, luckily those are the, the, a very small minority in the air force. You and I were interested in raising each other up. And so I really appreciate, and I think that's the reason why I wanted to ask you on the show and immediately just kind of so we started talking. Yeah, man. So I saw that. Uh, so in addition to, we're going to get to your, your podcast. I got You also have, so I found out your foundation is after you retired from the air force, you successfully launched the Roan coaching and salt coaching and consulting group. I want to make sure I say that right. And, uh, and then I realized, you know, uh, Within the last month or so, you actually had a TDY out to Miles Stomping Grounds over at Joint Base Elmendorf Richardson out with Third Wing and the homies out there. And so I know you already have your, your uh, community out there with the E3 community. And then in addition, your podcast started. And so you're already four episodes deep. I'm a subscriber and I listened to them all. And I probably already left a five-star rating because that's what homies do. So I uh, wanted to ask you, what, what drove you to start your coaching and consulting group, and then how does your new podcast fit into your strategy? Okay. So leadership has always been something that's fascinated me. I, I consider myself a student of leadership. And the reason I, I became a student, I think, is I started, I joined the Air Force in 1995 after graduating from- The, a, the year of our Lord, 1995. You got to say it right. 1995. And <laughs> I went to a little, uh, a little small engineering school at the base of the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> and, uh, so I, I, I graduated, got into the Air Force, came in ABM, went into the AWACS world. And, and I actually think it took me a while before I quote unquote joined the Air Force. Until this time, probably about mm, five or six years after I got commissioned, I was just, I was just doing my job. Uh, and one time somebody stopped me in a hallway and basically said, hey man, I, I think you have some things that are going on, but since you're, you're such a jerk, that nobody's going to want to follow you. Nobody's going to want to listen to you. In fact, you'll, you'll probably have the opposite impact. So being who I was, a little bit of, of ego or a lot of ego, thinking to myself, this guy's crazy. I mean, he doesn't know what he's talking about. But it, it stuck with me long enough for me to start really thinking and doing some, some introspection and thinking, well, what am I doing? And I start thinking about how I interacted with people. So I say I really joined the Air Force about five or six years after I got commissioned because then I decided that it's about leadership and it's about what I can what I can do to contribute to the team and it's about influencing others. So you fast forward to I get a chance to to command as a squadron commander and started to really focus on developing others and teaching them the lessons that I had learned. Fast forward from there, get to be a group commander. I'm still in touch with a lot of the people that I was leading as a squadron commander. I had the privilege to lead as a squadron commander. Throughout the years, we stayed in touch, uh, started doing some, some emails and newsletters about leadership scenarios, about leadership lessons. When I go into group command, about the last year of command, I had an opportunity to travel to places. Uh, people would pay me TDY or pay my TDY for me to go out and talk and share these lessons. So it came time to make the decision to retire, and I did the interviews, but nothing was pulling on my heartstrings. Uh, and so I thought, well, if, if people are paying me to come or paying my TDY costs, can I do this as a full-time job and go share those lessons? Uh, so went out on a limb, prayed about it, did it. We're still doing it right now. Um, I'm having a blast, and I, I think and I hope that, that it's making an impact. I, I truly think it is. I, I remember when you told me exactly kind of how the, the thing emerged and you, it, it sounded like echoes. I'm like, am I, 
dude, am I living this story? What's happening right now? Because yeah. really, it's one of those kind of things that I share the same passion, right? It's a, you know, you join the Air Force for a certain reason. It doesn't matter. I, I'm not mad if they're officer enlisted. However, people that choose to serve the country forever, how long it is, it's all good. But eventually, for the, for the select few, there's a certain spark that happens. They're like, no, 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 this is actually the thing that I am... Um, that, that actually drives me forward. And so, you know, you're a, you're an E3 pilot. I'm a, a cyberspace operations officer. So we are probably fairly good at our job. However, I would argue that our real job, and especially when you start climbing the rank, we, we lead people. Not the, the Air Force does not need us to remain technical leaders. There's a point of, there's a thing that they're expecting us to actually lead and raise the next generation of leaders. And that's a very, very important thing that needs to evolve that can't be stuck in, okay, we wrote this book and this entire lesson plan like four years ago, so we must stick to it. I'm like, nah, man, there's, there's a lot of good diverse uh, personalities, diverse perspectives that, that lean to that. And I'm really, um, uh, I'm hoping that, you know, in down, down the future that I can probably, you know, follow in your footsteps and be like, no, this is actually something else that I can do. And I think we offer differing and unique perspectives all aimed at the same kind of goal of trying to raise you know, uh, the leaders that we need using uh, uh, Gerald Goldfein's kind of uh, uh, words. But those kind of things, I'm, I'm very happy for the, for the success you've had so far. And, and I know you're going to do better things, uh, uh, better, bigger things as, you see, as time goes on. And uh, um, obviously, we'll talk about uh, you speaking at the um, LEDX kind of conference in a little bit, but that's some awesome stuff. And I, I really think that you found your niche as being wanting to raise good leaders and sharing your story, sharing your failures. I know that you're really big on that failing is not a big deal. There's a, actually a huge positive thing about failing. And I, I appreciate you uh, spreading that message uh, as you continue to do your talks around the Air Force. Yeah. So one correction. So uh, you said E3 pilot. I'm, I'm an air battle manager, so I got to oh, shout sorry. out to the tribe. No, no, you're fine. My and you know, one of the other things you said is we're expected to, to build and lead the future Air Force leaders. And that's one of the gaps I think that I, I've seen that I hope to provide an, a, at least a, a partial fix to is that leaders are expected to do that, yet we're not taught how to do that. So there's not a course that you go to right now that's a deliberate development course that says leaders, here's how you lead, coach, and develop other leaders. Oftentimes when, when you're about to become a, a commander, it's, hey, sit and watch this guy, do what he does or she does, and either, or don't. But that's your that's your introduction to becoming a commander, and I think that makes it very difficult. And then the only th other thing I'll ask is, you said different perspectives, yes, and people who who think that there's a a life hack to leadership and there's one way to do it, that's where we start to hurt ourselves as well. So you have your style, I have my style. I cannot lead like Gabe Rock leads, just can't. For the same token. You probably could lead like I lead and lead better, but it's if it's not you and it's not authentic, it's not going to resonate. It's not, not going to connect with people. Yeah, that's awesome. That is definitely the more and more I talk to, uh, you know, up and coming CGOs and uh, um, the idea about remaining and it, and I get it as far as like trying to be successful, uh, build a successful career in the Air Force. How do we do that when there's such large personalities out there? And depending on what the majority is that they see, they feel like, oh, I, I must emulate that. And I'm like, well, uh, I, I tell them, I'm like, emulate is a strong word. Maybe be influenced, definitely. But like when it comes down to you're on the front lines, you're in those hard conversations with the 
online supervisors, those those heart to heart talks that that mean something to your trade, have to see you do it. And the only way you can do that is if you remain you. If you start emulating, I kind of tell I I've told people in my last quadrant all the time, like do not, especially my officers, do not try and be like me. Sweat like your career cannot survive that anyway. But like it's gonna come off awkward and people are gonna see through that. And I don't don't put it past your your enlisted, your officers, your civilian teammates that like they can see you faking it and the, and you're gonna start losing street cred. They'd rather have genuine, authentic leadership, even if it's kind of kind of shaky, kind of not perfect. But I think that off that just adds to the humanity behind your your leadership experience. And people are gonna even be more likely to follow you, to be more to believe in you, even though as long as you got their back, as long as you got top cover and that kind of stuff, that's the level of genuine leadership. I think, you know, voices like you and I start to emulate and, and be a alternate, if you want to call alternate or additional supplemental voice to how the uh, PME system works. That's the value added that we bring. And you mentioned failing, especially failing as a leader. We should encourage our people to fail as long as we encourage them to also find the root cause of the failure find the fix of that failure. But when we embrace the fact that we as leaders are failing continually, we stand up in front of the room and say, hey guys, I screwed this one up. Here's what I did wrong. Here's the poor decision I made. Here's what I learned from it. And here's what I want to share with you. That right there, that failure turns into street cred. That bolsters your street cred. That also makes you more approachable. Helps to build that bridge, that connection bridge. Yeah. Helps with question. It is. It, it, I think it's there. Um, when they see the courage of so if you're if you're if you're you know blessed enough to have a command position or any kind of position of leadership, you have an opportunity to just kind of set the tone. And if you set the tone to be like, hey, so I'm doing uh, one of my one of my things. I always say is like it's okay to um, it's okay to it's okay to make mistakes, but it's not okay to half-ass anything. And true leadership is going to recognize exactly when they see that. They're going to be like, hey, uh, ma'am, sir, I was trying these things. I thought about this, the most dangerous code, the most likely code. I thought of all these things, and I just missed the target. When you show that full effort and you demonstrate and you bring along, I brought these NCOs. We were all putting, you know, everybody was putting our brains together. And we just missed the target. That is going to be, one, that's going to make your team stronger than ever. And two, you have the right kind of leadership and you buy them into what your, your intent was. They're going to give you that top cover. They're going to be like, no, that was, you actually learned something. And just like you were saying, if you can find the root cause and you don't repeat it, that's actually a twice value added thing than just kind of knocking out of the part on the first thing, which could be luck, which could be your hard work, but you don't really know. I would argue that you learning from the entire, you and the team learning from the experience of failing and then kind of dusting yourself off and doing it again is going to be 10 times worth uh, you know, the, the thing of just getting it knocking out of right the park at the first time. Right. Learning something every single time, I think is the, is what's important. And then getting the experience, you know, our experience is going to come from screwing up, making poor judge or using poor judgment, making bad decisions. That's how we get to, to make great decisions is by making poor ones. And if we're afraid to make the poor ones, then we never really get to have a place where we can make great ones consistently. Yeah, there is a, um, that's, that's awesome. There, there's that, that thought process though is very scary for people. You know, I'm, I work on a staff right now and there is a, you know, we have a lot of senior NCOs, uh, field grade officers, that kind of stuff. There's, there's a fear to do some 
certain kind of things around general officers. And I, I'm in, I'm in my community. I'm in the the top levels of the nerdery for cyber. <laughs> and so what happens is it was people were like, well, we want to make sure we get this thing done. I had to brief like a two-star general this morning. I walked in, I'm not kidding. I, I, I brief this general cold based on, and people were like, sir, you're really going to be good. I was like, I'm fine. I, I know the material. And they're like, well, we want to make sure it's like this and that. I'm like, it's going to be fine. What, what's happening right now? And I really think they were afraid that I was going to fail at the entire thing. I'm like, well, fail is a strong word. Like I'm, I'm, I, I know my trade craft enough that I can navigate these waters and be okay. And so sometimes I would say more, most of the time, a lot of people that lack of wanting to, uh, to fail is just fear. It's fear of, I don't know what it is that you're going to embarrass yourself, maybe for yourself in front of your team, in front of your family. And through my career, you know, and as far as I've been trying to embrace, like, no, the fear is actually good. I, I, I don't shy away from it. I try and make sure, like, no, that fear is a sign that I, I need to prep well. I need to do my job very, very well. Kind of like with previous conversation we were talking about, like, hey, so make sure you do your job and prepare yourself. That fear goes away because you know your job and you can you, you lead boldly. And if you make a mistake, it's not that big a deal because you know exactly how you're going to lead your team and you're making the right decisions. Yeah, I think there's no substitute for the grind ever. But the other thing I believe, you know, people are afraid to fail because we're conditioned. We are conditioning people or we are conditioned that when we fail or when there's a mistake made, there has to be blame assigned. I'd argue that this isn't mathematical, but 90% of the failures that happen don't require anybody to be assessed a blame. All it's required is that we recognize the failure and we fix it. And I think by people feeling they're going to get blamed for something, you're going to get in trouble. All that causes them to do is hide the failure as opposed to being in a safe environment where they can say, Hey, I screwed that one up boss. And again, that starts with the leaders doing exactly. Saying, yeah, exactly. Hey, I screwed it up. It's okay. You've set the standard that we're expected to recognize or to admit to our mistakes. You've also set the standard that we're going to fix our mistakes but you set an environment that's safe for people to say, I made a mistake. I think those are, and, and that's, it's such an easy formula to kind of understand. Formula is a strong word, but like, just, we'll just say some, some rules of the road, if you want to call it. If you, if, if your team, it has some really great ideas and you believe in that, be like, all right, cool. I'm gonna let you go and fly and, and, and I'll let you go with the whole thing. If you succeed, that's your story. And I'm going to put you on the pedestal. I'm going to make sure you get all the credit for that. But if you fail me as a leader, I'm gonna own it. And that's okay. And, and a lot of times they're like, are you sure? I'm like, no, I'm dead serious. Like it, I really want you to have the freedom of maneuver to expand it, the full concept of your idea. I really think that's important. I believe in it. And I'll, I'll look him in the face and be like, don't embarrass me though. When I say that, I'm like, put your full effort. Don't half-ass it. Make sure, because if I'm, if I'm going to put my, put my neck out there, I want you to meet there. 10 times out of 10, they respond. They, they recognize there's a leader who has their back, who believes in them. And they're going to, they're probably going to work like 120%. You're like, dude, I didn't realize you're going to do that stuff too. And so inevitably they just knock it out. And it's like, dude, you already had all the stuff. I just got to get out of the way. And we already proved as a leadership. Now you're just off and running. The street cred is, is exponential at that point. Now, because you've overcome that fear, because you, you weren't afraid of failure, if it happened, not a big deal, but you unshackled yourself from that and you just moved forward. People responded well to that. And they started just being like, I realized I could do that. And then they are like, Hey, sir, I want to do this stuff. Like, dude, you already got it. Just 
<laughs> I'm a, I'm just following your, I'm on your, I'm on your tail coat, coattail. So whatever you want to do, I'll keep on cheering you on to make sure you move forward. So. Yeah. The other thing that happens, Gabe Rock, is when, when you say to them, Hey, I've got this failure. I'm going to own this is that they know that you're going to underwrite their mistakes. You're responsible for that, their mistakes. If they know you're going to walk up and say, this was mine boss and underwrite what they've screwed up or what they've messed up and own that. Now they trust that they've got to, they've got your, your respect. You've got their respect and they trust that you are going to do what's right for the organization and for them, despite how that looks for you or on you. Yes, exactly. And I think what happens is you're going to see, um, I, I, I actually think that I've seen too much talk about like people using words and just saying the phrases like, you know, so I want people to fail forward and those kind of things. I'm like, do you really mean that? I don't think you really mean that. Yeah. I think it's, they say that as a buzzword because people want to hear that, but they, they rarely follow through with it because they're still, they, they personally have some sort of fear built into them because they're trying to preserve their career or their agenda, whatever it is. The very individual uh, over the team kind of mentality, which I don't, I don't identify with. I know you don't identify with. And so it's just, it's a, you, you start to see fake leadership that's going out there. And I'm like, nah, man, if anything, if I can prove and you can prove and grow leaders, we could both grow leaders that say, this is what it means to do what's right. Not what's easy, what's right. Inevitably, we will start to grow and, and we're going to carve out the leaders that everybody wants to be. Yeah. And the other reason that I don't think leadership is easy is one, there's so many variables Number two is that leadership itself requires repetition and requires building habits that we don't usually build as we're developing. And oftentimes we start to build those habits after we're already in the leadership seat. And then as you know, in command, you got two years, really that means about 18 months because the first six months you're trying to figure it out. You know, heck the last month you're probably getting ready for a turnover, but getting those reps in, is is hard especially if since we in the air force do it do it way late i think yeah it's a i didn't realize the the urgency that so two things one i didn't realize the freedom that i was going to have during my second time of squadron command because i knew what i was doing so i kind of walked in a little bit more confident and i knew what i was doing so the the uptake of everything wasn't as drastic as it was before so i felt comfortable doing it but at the same time, kind of like halfway through, and this is like where I started to write down my thoughts. I started to do my blogs. I started to have more, a little bit more mentorship kind of things because I realized my role was different now. Like, yes, I'm a squad commander, but like my role is actually to, to raise leaders and share my perspective and really share a genuine perspective of stuff. And so, you know, that's why I chose to, to write a book on Squad Command. That's the reason why I did the podcast. That's the reason why I reached out to leaders like you because... I'm so passionate about growing leaders and it's important to me that this stuff comes naturally because um, it, it goes above all of the other Air Force kind of centric, you know, things are going to happen as far as um, different kind of systems in our promotions or school or whatever it is. I don't worry about that stuff because there's reasons for that. That's beyond my control. But what we can, what we can influence, I should say, is our unique perspective of growing people and using our respective platforms offer those things to be like, oh man, there's, there's some differences that we can do. And I, I really think there's a, a group of uh, leaders, growing leaders, or even leaders in positions now that need to hear stories like you, stories like me, like, no, there's some stuff out here and you need to see a different example. That's not your, I call it like, you know, it's not your cookie cutter model. 
It's not something you see in PME is like, oh, this is the perfect thing. And everybody's, you have all the stuff. Like, nah, man, we, I made my, I made lots of mistakes across all of my stuff. Yet I'm still here. You had, I'm sure you made mistakes and you're still a successful, you know, retired uh, colonel and you have your own, you have your next chapter going on. That's been awesome. So there's light there. And I think people need to see that that way they, they open up their mind and, and be comfortable with the thoughts in their head because it's probably the right thought for the first place. Right. You know, I also tell people that if, if leadership was easy, there wouldn't be the, the hundreds of thousands of leadership books that are available to buy that are top sellers because somebody would have already written it once. We bought that book and that would be it. But it's hard, hence the, the different references and everybody's different perspectives. So it's much like history. The more you learn about it, the more you, you hear about it, and the more you internalize it, and the more that you do some introspection and think about how you are as a leader, how people view you as a leader, and the more you build the habits the better off you're going to be, the more effective you're going to be. Yeah, man. Yeah, it, leadership is definitely, it's, it's a forever student game. You're, if, when I hear someone say, like, I'm already like, get the fuck out of here. You're, shut up. It, <laughs> there's something you can still learn. Stop, stop, stop talking like you already figure out the game because I, I highly doubt it. Right. So uh, transitioning to speaking of leadership. So this last, uh, this past weekend, actually going on right now now, you yep. are, you've been featured as a guest speaker at Air University's Leadership Education Development Experience, also known as LEDX. And uh, LEDX is a two-day conference providing uh, attendees with a blend of keynote addresses, uh, TED Talk-style speaker presentations, and interactive small group lab sessions designed to promote an environment that fosters innovative and diverse thinking from a leadership perspective. can't tell I'm reading that shit from the website. So... <laughs> there, uh, I have two questions for you. Uh, one, how can you put me on next year's roster? <laughs> and two, what was your experience like? It sounds like it sounded like a fantastic experience for you. So, to, I'll do the your first question: how to put you on there? That's pretty easy. And I will, uh, when we're finished here, I'm going to give you the contact information of uh, of the individual who's running it uh, and his deputy, and, and I'll, I'll throw an email and sync you guys up. Awesome, uh, thanks, sir. So, what was the experience like? It's unique. And I think I was just as excited to hear the other speakers in their perspectives as I was to get on stage and, and talk to people. So as you mentioned, it's about a 20 minute TED style talk and you do your presentation and then people have the opportunity to go to hear you dive deeper into whatever subject it is in about an hour, hour and a half ish. Uh, they call it a lab. Uh, so while we talk about the Air Force is doesn't do well with deliberate development. I would tell you that the Air Force is making huge strides and has made huge strides in the past couple of years. This is one of them. You can't bring people from diverse backgrounds. I think of the 25 or 30 speakers, there were five that were military. Um, of those five that were military, three of us, I believe, were retired. Mm -hmm. So everybody else comes from industry. There are people who were CEOs of companies. There are people who run podcasts. Uh, there was an engineer or a guy who used to be the president out at, at Lockheed Skunk Works. So there are all kinds of different perspectives. They're very interesting perspectives. Sometimes you have to, you know, you scratch your head and say, what did you just say? Because that is so out there. But <laughs> um, everybody is, is open and the subjects range the entire gamut. So the experience was amazing. Being able to listen to other thought leaders and these guys are beasts and their presentations, they, I, I felt like I needed to go step up my game a little bit. But listening to the things they say and the thought they put into what they are 
are teaching and what they espouse is something that is great. And what I think is even more impressive is the number of people sitting in that in that room. We've all been to a squadron officer school and we've <laughs> seen the room and we've all, you know, done our own things and try to figure out what's going on. But from my perspective, the level of attentiveness uh, is something that that I haven't seen before there as a student. And I believe from the audience the way that it was presented. But this was a this was a class act. And if I were ever the CEO of a company uh, that had a bunch of of people that I'm developing, I would use this style and this format uh, for unconstrained thought and discussion. That's 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 awesome. That's, that's super funny. I actually, as you're talking about the story, like we've all been to PME, we've all been in the uh, for officers anyway. If we've been in the the big blue bedroom or the big red bedroom, be like, all right, how am I gonna? Do I have enough coffee? I'm not sure if I'm gonna survive this entire speech. And then you know, I remember uh, you go through my my most recent one was when I went through uh, Marine Corps Staff College. I mean, like. I would hear some speeches and I got it's cool. And then certain ones like, dude, we're this, this audience is, we're about to have some conversations. We're about to throw it out because the speaker was engaging, was dynamic. The subject matter was awesome. And it sounds like, you know, the, 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 through the entire swath of the entire conference that that's, they, they purposefully kind of baked in all of those things. This was not like the, as I read a little bit about the Letix, uh, uh, their approach, it's not it's designed not to be your normal PME kind of go through the thing and sit down and stand up kind of like going to church stuff. Like, no, we're, we want to prompt your thought process now and offer some, uh, I'm glad to hear that you had like a, you know, your, your secondary opportunity to have like, no, if you want to go talk to, if this person was, you know, um, uh, sparking your interest, you have an off, you, you got to branch it a sequel to go talk to them directly. Be like, Hey, I want to talk to you about this. And right. really, uh, I did not um, know that the Letix program exists until you told me about it. Um, I looked at the, uh, I knew, so uh, General Dylan, I worked with him, I worked for him, I should say, when he was a PACAF uh, deputy commander. Great dude. I actually, I, I learned a lot from him when he was there. He, he, he kind of carried a little bit of swag that I kind of, maybe I interpreted on my, and a dude in mind, because he was like, no, it's just fine. Just, I'm going to go do shit. Let's see what's going to happen. Who's going to say something to me? And I was like, yeah, ain't nobody gonna say something. To you. Granted, he was a two star, but that's beside the point. And I was like, nobody's gonna say me. I'm a major, but I knew what I was doing, so nobody's gonna say shit to me. So that's the kind of stuff that uh, it sounds like. Um, I'm I'm gonna go back and and keep on um, watching some of the videos because I think they're gonna have those there and uh, just some of the material. But that sounds like a really that's that's a perfect place for you. You know, they opportunity for you to share your stories, to share your perspective, because frankly, the Air Force needs it. The Air Force needs voices like you to continue to push the boundaries and they offer the, the different perspectives that like there's different ways we can approach our challenges and uh, there's, there's ways that we can be successful at all of them. Yeah. And I think the, the other benefit to, to this is that a lot of these people, they, they did a, an example, they had a C-130 tour for all the speakers when we first got here and 75% of the people had never seen a C-130 uh, they couldn't tell you the difference in a C-130 and an F-22. Um, so my point is they don't know anything about the military. So their mind isn't shaped. And this is not good or bad. It's just fact. Their mind is not shaped by the training that most military people have had. So they come in and start dropping bombs of knowledge. And whether you agree or disagree, at least it, it inspires some thought. 
it inspires discussion that I hope some of the, the audience takes back to their leadership and says, I didn't really agree with this, but this is crazy mm-hmm. and talks about it. And then maybe somebody says, well, maybe it's not so crazy. And they think through that. So just the thought is. is I, I, I actually think, so I'm working in a joint environment right now. I do believe the Air Force has a unique position because we just, for lack of better words, we just, and I say this is a positive thing. We just don't take ourselves that seriously which means we actually have an opportunity to expand how we lead and how we do things because we're not so rigid to be like, oh, it's sir everything. Like, get the, no, shut up, stop calling me that. Like, we just, I just want to do work. And, and uh, I can notice as I carry myself as just being, being me, but then also like, you're just, you're just an Air Force dude. I'm like, that is also true. I am an airman and I don't think things as serious as you. And so what happens is, I get to learn from different industries. I, you know, I'm in the IT industry, the cyberspace ops. So there's a different kind of culture that comes in the nerdery. The Air Force has a different culture. There's, but I expose myself to like sports leadership, coaching, football kind of stuff, fitness, um, uh, movies, cinematic kind of things. There's just kind of any kind of any kind of discipline that's out there. I I want to take in as many kind of resources uh, um, inputs as possible because I I can find some piece and that's the kind of stuff I think that you know uh, the speakers at LEDX and 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 the, you offering one of those one of those channels there's just a lot of stuff out there and why not take advantage of those opportunities because there's just more tools in my toolkit man I'm like I'm not to put, it's not designed to be like well if Hap Arnold didn't say it well fuck it I'm not going to do it like get out of here like come on we've we've advanced past that so. We can do things and actually grow things on our own. And I'm, uh, I'm following your example. I want to make sure that I'm, I'm uh, presenting those examples and leadership kind of things out to the, to the, to my audience. That this is important stuff. We need to keep on talking about this, and we're going to keep on advancing the ball down, down the field. You know, you mentioned fitness, and I for a long time I said that everything in life relates to football. And I know both of you and I are <laughs> jumping to the uh, we jumped into the CrossFit cult a few years ago. Yes, yes. And, you know, I, I use that example sometimes in that, so I just had shoulder surgery about five weeks ago and, you know, just doing, just getting old, right? You're doing that CrossFit. Me too, like, yeah. me too. Me too. Yep. Uh, but, you know, the scaling concept in CrossFit, you can get a good workout. Nothing says you have to do every single rep at 100% intensity. It's the same thing with leadership. If you, somebody is following you and they say, I need to do just like you, well, maybe they're not ready to do just like you, but maybe they can do 50% of what you've done. Maybe you can't, as a major, say the things that the two-star got away with, but you can do some stuff to push the envelope a little bit right to the edge of your major capabilities so you don't get hurt. You don't hurt yourself, right? But you stretch yourself a little bit so that the next time you come back or the next promotion, you're able to stretch it just a little bit more. Um, so I I like to use that that analogy, and we have to scale our leadership capabilities to continue to build. Holy shit, dude! If you okay, so I don't. Unless, I'm not going to release a YouTube video of this kind of thing. But if you could see my face, <laughs> if you could see like my eyeballs just popping out of my skull, I have I haven't heard or seen. I need to sketch this out of my whiteboard I have right here. That whole thing about like scaling leadership according to your capabilities is amazing. Now that's uh, going to be an episode later. I probably have to bring you back, and we'll figure out how to talk about that. That's perfect. It's perfect to be like, you don't, you know, not everybody, when you're a lieutenant, you ain't, don't stop, don't act like a general, act like a lieutenant. You're scaling according to your stuff. Yes. You're going to hurt yourself. Nope. Don't do that. Put that down because you're not ready for that yet. And so, um, and then there's going to be times where like, 
I think you, you, you're coming off kind of strong. You want to you want to act like that? You want to act like FGO? Like, okay, I'm gonna let you do it. You do you. I'll be here because I'm a good coach. You're a good coach. I'm gonna watch how things are going. And if I see you going off the rails, I'll be here to be your safety net. But if you don't, full send. Let's go. Let's see what you're gonna do. Oh my God, that is, <laughs> I, I didn't think about that, but that is an amazing analogy. I'm going back and talking to my, my fellow coaches at CrossFit. They're, they're interested. They didn't realize, real quick story, they didn't realize I was Lieutenant Colonel. Like I walked in a uniform, they're like, well, it, well yes, it's the, it's, and so, and the, the beautiful Asian. So I walked in and they're like, are you really Lieutenant Colonel? I was like, well, you can buy whatever rank you want at clothing sales. Nobody <laughs> and then, so like, uh, 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 long story short, we started talking about like, well, so is that Lieutenant Colonel? Is that kind of high? I'm like, I don't know. I bet. I'm not going to say that. It's just, if you're if you're a general, it's not. But <laughs> I know, like, eighty percent of the Air Force it is. I didn't want to. I didn't. I didn't know how to answer that question, so I just dodged it. I was like, I'm gonna go lift instead. I don't want to talk about this. Right. But uh, that's a that's a we're gonna have to we're gonna parking lot that because that is an amazing topic. Perfect. I need to expand my talk on that. So, anyways. So I know um, uh, we're recording this on Thursday night, so I really appreciate you taking the time here. I know you're going to go back to take your class photos, whatever you got to do with Letic. So <laughs> I'm going to let you go on that. But before we uh, um, close shop here, please let my audience know where can they find more about what you're doing and follow uh, all the great stuff that Leadership as a Domain podcast. Make sure you subscribe. I'll say that. Make sure you subscribe. I subscribe. There's a lot of good stories on there. You have different uh, big dog interviews. Um, different diverse leaders across the Air Force to share leadership conversations. Most of my podcast is a lot of me just kind of drooling on and sharing my personal thoughts. I'm I'm blessed when I'm happy when I get to interview people like Big Dog, my podcast. Big Dog has on his podcast, he has lots of guests. And so make sure you go listen to his podcast because there's a lot of gold nuggets there that you can pick it up. And I'm very sure he has four things coming out of that. So and sir, tell, tell, tell the audience exactly where they can, they can uh, catch up with you. And Gabe Rock, I have to have guests because I'm not as entertaining as you. I can't do this thing. So, <laughs> um, so the 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 podcast you can find is Apple um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. It's on Google Podcasts. Uh, you can go to the the leadershipdomain.com website, and that is a uh, that is truly a a, a love child. Uh, I've got you know great friends that I've been working with. Um, one in particular I've known since high school, he's an Air Force vet, uh, another two that he introduced me to. I've got another one that's a friend of the family and she is running you know, a lot of the graphics and the marketing. And um, so the other place you can go to just for more about the business side of Roan Coaching and Consulting Group is RoanCCG.com. Uh, uh, on Twitter, on uh, the Instagram, uh, lad. Uh, and then also LinkedIn. So trying to maximize the social media. <laughs> Even started dabbling in the TikTok a little bit. My teenage daughters laugh at me. But uh, really? to, like you got your own account or you're just on her account? Got my own account with some videos and they just laugh. <sighs> Dude, if you have one, I want to have one. Too. Uh, I don't, yes. don't want to have one, but I probably should have one. I'm on. I've been dan I may or may not have video evidence of me dancing on my daughter's one because I'm fine with that. But there's a, that's a. I actually was writing today about uh, multi-generational leadership and sometimes these things of just kind of going out there and being like, no, it's not a big deal. I'm, I'm okay. And I know that, you know, Gary Vee is a big, big proponent of that. And it's, you want to be in a place where people are that way you can stay connected and make sure you talk about that. So all of the, uh, I'm going to put all of your contact information in the show notes. And so if you go to uh, our website, constantelevation.co, 
you'll find all these things on the episode uh, notes here. So big dog, thank you very much for joining me. Um, this has been awesome. Uh, I know that uh, if, if I, if we live closer to each other and we had microphones each other, I would have 700, 673 hours of fucking, uh, content that we could do because uh, I appreciate your leadership and I know it's a, as a mutual goal that we want to do. And I appreciate you being on the show. Thanks, Gabe, bro. Thanks for leading well. And thanks for this opportunity and for what you're doing. It's fun watching you, brother. Cool. Appreciate it. All right. That's it. That takes care of this episode. We'll talk to you all soon. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to Constant Elevation. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your preferred podcast listening platform. Visit our site at constantelevation.co. Find and follow us on Facebook at constantelevation.co. And like and follow me on Instagram at, at gabrock01. As always, don't wait for the future. Define the future.